In this bonus episode of Fictional Hangover, we talk about the correct use of a rubber chicken, how all Jack Frost movies are horror movies, messed up European festive folklore, how kids are probably raptors, and the most important question of the season, who is Mr. Bingle? In our chat about Secret Santa with author Andrew Schaefer, featuring Superfan Lindsay. Hey everybody, welcome to Fictional Hangover, a podcast about young adult and new adult and sometimes other books, series, authors, voice actors, and illustrators that is full of spoilers. I'm Amanda. And I'm Claire, and today we're going to talk to Andrew Schaefer, author of Secret Santa, and Superfan Lindsay. Yay! Yay! Claire, is it time? Yes, it is time. It is very much time. (laughs) Would You Rather is extra double special today because we are joined not only by the author, Andrew Schaefer. Yay! Thanks for joining us. We are also joined by superfan Lindsay for her her first game of Would You Rather. Yay! Welcome. We're so excited that you're both here. (laughs) But now it's time for Would You Rather. (laughs) Yay! Right. So we asked on social media, it's time for Secret Santa, the game and not just the book. Would you rather receive a rubber chicken or a can of soup and a potato? Rubber chicken. I'm, I'm, I'm genuinely amazed by all the stats. To be fair, on Facebook it was 75% rubber chicken. On Instagram, full 50/50. There was no no one preference. And on TikTok, <laughs> it was 75% for a rubber chicken. I am questioning what everybody's doing with mm. these rubber chickens, but let's not let let's see what the comments say from the <laughs> listeners. It may give us some answers. Likely not. Drew on Facebook wants soup and mash. Not just a potato. She wants her potato mashed. Mm. Mm. Coral on Facebook Mm. says, Okay, I love soup, but I don't want it gifted to me. I would rather cook my own soup. With rubber chicken, I can tease my naughty cat with it. So, choosing the chicken. (laughs) Emily on Facebook said, Both of these are tempting, but I went with the rubber chicken. It lasts much longer than soup and a potato, and I can throw it as people who who give corny jokes. (laughs) Where are my Svengooly fans? I feel like Svengooly is a bit of an American thing. Doesn't sound very American. (laughs) Obviously, we are not Svengooly fans. Sorry, Emily, please tell us what we're missing. Uh, I've gone straight to... Oh, oh my God, he's weird. Uh, Svengooly is an American hosted horror movie television program. Thank you very much. So as as the only non-American holding up my very British card, I'm allowed to be the only one not to know what that is. It's fine. Uh, Lydia on Facebook says, Rubber chicken is forever. Food has a limited shelf life. Literally. Colin on Facebook, Rubber chicken is a much more versatile gift, plus it fits with my whole over more. If I had a potato, I'd have to go all Samwise, which nobody needs. Everybody needs mm. potatoes. Potatoes. <laughs> Bree on Facebook mm. says, there's so many more hilarious pranks I can play with a rubber chicken. 
Crinoline Lafroy on thread said potato and a can of soup, preferably potato, because uh, you can never have too much potato. And then a lot That's of right. potato emojis. Yeah, yes. Uh, <laughs> Sharon Joy Reads on Instagram said, It's got to be the chicken, right? It's a classic worst secret Santa. Real Jackson Ford on Instagram said, Soup and potato, which doesn't surprise anybody because Jackson Ford always goes for the food option. Always, always. <laughs> That's true. Um, <laughs> So, Andrew, what are you picking? Uh, well, I have uh, used rubber chickens as pranks before. Um, I don't know if you've ever seen those rubber chickens they have at, like, pet stores that are, like, just, they're, like, hideous. They're for dogs. I was walking by a pet, I was walking by a pet store in New York once, and they had this, it was, it had to be three foot tall rubber chicken. <laughs> just the most hideous thing. And I was like, and so I just walked in there and I said, how long has that been in the window? And they're like, years. And I was like, no one's going to buy that, are they? And they're like, it's like $120. And I go, <laughs> I'll give you I'll give you 50 bucks for it. And they go, fine, just take it. <laughs> and so I was, I was house-sitting for someone, and I took it back to their apartment, and I just did like a whole photo shoot with this giant chicken all around the house, <laughs> wearing their clothes, sleeping in their bed. And then, like, and then, like, hid it in their bathtub, you know. And then I slowly sent these photos out to them, and that was the last time I ever house sat for them, actually. But you know, so I would say the rubber chicken. Just there's so many. Again, there's so many things you can do with it. Mm -hmm. um, you know, just in terms of regifting uh, a can of soup, though, and a potato. Um, I mean. The potato doesn't have a very long shelf life. So. Mm, it's true. And what about you, Lindsay? Definitely the rubber chicken, because I can re-gift it or give it to my dog. <laughs> mm -hmm. Excellent. I don't think I like everybody saying, oh, I'm just going to re-gift the secret Santa gift that I got. That seems really like, I mean, you do, but you don't admit to re-gifting, do you? No. Or is that just oh, my no, 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 oh, no, 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 no. You don't permit oh. it. Jeez. <laughs> no. Where I used to work, we used to do a one pound like secret Santa thing. But it was more just like a potluck. And it was always food based items. So it was always like coconut or pineapples or a scratch card on the lottery if you didn't buy food based or a packet of biscuits. Or a potato. I've been gifted a potato. So, you know, actually, it's very useful. You know, I had chips that night. It was lovely. <laughs> Rubber chicken. It would probably go in the bin, which would therefore go in the landfill, which is bad for the climate. Why are you mm. throwing away your presents? Well. That's not was... very nice. Well, I'm not re-gifting them. I don't dislike anybody enough to be gift a rubber chicken. But you will throw it straight in the trash. What does that say? That's also not good. But nobody knows. I'm not going to give this to anyone else, but I will give it straight to the garbage. It will. It, it, it doesn't. It doesn't go straight in the trash, but it may eventually meet its doom in the landfill. Mm. <laughs> I... Well, I mean, I mean, I mean, I'm sure you have this in your family too. I mean, in my family, we've had like you know gag gifts that go around year after year after year, mm -hmm. and you don't know who's going to get them. And you're like, who had this last? And and uh, you know, it's, exactly. and, but then there are other gifts like that where you're like, just give this to someone and they'll throw it away for me. You know, I was going to throw this away, but you could do it. The, the chances are something like a rubber chicken would live in at work, would live on my office desk, 
and you know that's where that's where its home will be so every now and again you know get if it's the squeaky kind people get squeaked it mm-hmm. but it's not something that's going to live in my house i think i'm going to go for the can of soup and the potato because at least you know i've got lunch and then i don't have the guilt of you know having something i'm not really bothered for or regifting mm. I'm also going to go with the soup and the potato, but I prefer that my potato be um, one of the p- potatoes made out of pantyhose. Because I did gift you that um, for yeah. Christmas last year. I did <laughs> gift you a potato for Christmas, and you didn't throw it away. No, Yay! because it's precious. This is a pre- precious pantyhose potato. It has memories. Yes. So that's what I'm going to do. But, but I'm going to eat the soup myself, and hopefully it's delicious. Mm, tomato soup. I don't know. <laughs> oh, I'm, I think I'm going to agree with Annie and do like a potato soup. <gasps> do you know I've really been fancying mushroom soup? Ew. No. You can keep all of that. <laughs> I'm on the same boat as Amanda. Yeah. No. Throw that <laughs> no straight problem. in the trash. Or re-gift it. Go <laughs> near it to a food bag. Jeez, honestly. Okay. Next, <laughs> next question. Next question. <laughs> Would you rather... Be trapped under the slush pile with a broken leg or pinned to a desk with a knife through your hand, which will give you an infection. This is my kind of would you rather. (laughs) Twisted and horrible. (laughs) Absolutely terrible. Best kind of question. Lindsay, do you want to go first? Uh, I would say the broken leg. Because I don't want an infection in my hand. Mm-hmm. And at least I would have, I mean, I don't know if I'd be conscious to be able to, you know, read all the slush, but to you be can... pinned to a desk, like, no. Like, I can see the blood and I can see the, yeah, no. I'm queasy just thinking about it. <laughs> Yay. Andrew, what do you say? Well, you know, it's really, I mean, obviously the broken leg sounds better, but it depends what part of your leg you break. Um, I mean, if it's just like an ankle or something, you know, that's probably fine. Um, But like, you know, if you, if for some, somehow you break, uh, you know, a a larger bone there, um, uh, whatever your thigh bone is, whatever that is, you know, the femur, um, you know. I, you know, uh, my wife saw someone get hit by a car and they broke their femur and, you know, like a year later, it's not like healed. It's like, so, you know, I mean, a, a slush pile is probably not going to do that to you, but I think it kind of depends on, you know, how long you're going to be out of action. I mean, you know, you might want to roll the dice there. Also, I mean, a hand, I think, I don't know. You don't want to cut any tendons or anything, but you could you come back a little bit faster from a hand. Mm. Unless you lose the hand because it goes gangrenous or septic. Ooh. Right, right, right. I feel like the broken leg situation is probably going to be worse because it was, you know, perched involved. And, um, I mean, getting stabbed in the hand, like, that was a human that did that to you. So I feel like the mystical, magical evilness of the broken leg might make it worse. Oh, yeah, I mean, if you're going by, you know, strictly in the book, yeah, then then you're, uh, yeah, of course. 
So I'm gonna I'm gonna stab my hand. I am not okay. going to stab my hand. I mean, I I will have someone else stab my hand. No, I don't want that to happen either. <laughs> no, but that's, awful. that's the option that I'm choosing: stab hand. Oh, I'm gonna go with broken leg. Um, and because it's a would you rather, and we are the lords and masters of all we severe, it's going to be like an ankle, or you know, it's not going to be the femur. Screw that. It's going to be a nice clean break, no compound fracture, no no difficult healing process and I'm just going to sit under the slush pile and just read you know might as well have some fun with that because I've, I've got a feeling that if it went through my hand you know there's going to be tendon damage it might be you know I need to be able to flip people off basically mm-hmm, okay mm-hmm. I need to be able to throw the bird and if I can't and a very social thing with my husband because it's funny not to run the strangers in the street um, you know, I need to be able to do hand gestures. And if I can't do hand gestures, rude hand gestures, then what's there to live for? So I'm going to go with the broken okay. leg. Plus, you know, I, I don't, I, I've read far too much about sepsis and I don't, I don't want that. <sighs> Maybe I should rethink my answer because also you've got the slush pile there to keep you entertained. You might find the next big. I might find the story. next Stephen King. You might. Or you, mm-hmm. there might be some hidden vampire book in there. Oh, there probably is. There, there probably go. is. Okay, <laughs> yeah. Break my leg, I guess. Let's read. Well, speaking of vampire books, would you rather read Transylvanian Dirt or In Dog We Trust? Well, you know, so so one of these books in Dog We Trust is a, it's a werewolf novel, and the other one's obviously Transylvania Dirt, a vampire novel. Um, they're both sound um, pretty terrible based on what <laughs> I wrote in the book. Um, although my, my wife no, gave me the first... Lucy loved, Lucy loved Transylvania Dirt. Well, this was in the 80s, you know. I mean, I think we've... <laughs> I don't I don't know how well it holds up to today. Um I feel like In Dog We Trust would be republished as a paperback from hell today, though. So, you know, you know, Transylvania Dirt might be a little too highbrow even. I don't I don't know. It's it's uh, but I I do want to see I do want to read In Dog We Trust because I, you know, because just because of this, this how it starts off. I'm like, how can it get any better from that? I agree. I feel like Fabian, as much as I love Fabian, and like you know, he's my favorite character, as much as I love Fabian, I feel like his books are maybe a little bit too pretentious for me. So I need I need to read some garbage. I need yeah, to read he's a, he's a little long winded. He's gonna it's gonna be long winded because he wrote all these gothics, and so it's just gonna be probably too. It's gonna be too good. Yeah, give me. Give I started me the reading. Instead. I start. I started reading a, like a literary fiction book the other day and there were about 10 words in the first three pages that I'd never heard of. And I mean, there was some words, I mean, that I probably should know like ossify, but I'm like, why are you using the word ossify? It said the Kleenex was ossified. Oh. And I was being, you mean it was like a snotty Kleenex? I mean, I, it was like a dried snotty Kleenex. <laughs> yeah. Just say that. Don't, don't i feel that would be a lot of 50 cent words in fabian's books mm. that person sounds like they'd be the life and sort of a party not that was sarcasm Lindsay. <laughs> okay good to know oh. claire thank you <laughs> am i the only one that's gonna go with transylvanian dirt no all vampires all the time but okay. like 
I've got a feeling that Transylvanian Dirt would be adapted into a really terrible TV series, um, a la Vampire <laughs> the Masquerade, when that was done, and it was a horrible TV series, but I freaking mm-hmm. loved it. So it's going to be like one of those where I'm going to love the source material, but I'm also going to really appreciate the adaptation that takes place that nobody talks about because, mm, dodgy. But bear in mind, I did also study the Gothic novel at university. Uh, sorry, Joe, I didn't read all the books. Um, Twenty years later, I'm still apologising. Um, so yeah, I need to read Transylvania Dirt. So it's Team Claire Lindsay. Team Dirt. Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. Team I dog. mean, I yeah, Team Dog. <laughs> Although I can't believe I'm leaning Team Werewolf again. This is the second time in as many weeks that I have chosen a werewolf option, which. I don't know you anymore. I don't know what's happening to me. <laughs> what I was about to say. I don't know what's happening. I don't know. I don't know what's happening to me. I'm going to grab the werewolf hand because it's just right over there. I could grab it. No, not going to. I'm not going to do it. Stop it. No, we're going to move on. <laughs> Go put your fangs in, young lady. I really should. Okay, next question. Would you rather keep the perished even though you know what it requires to work properly? Or set it free, not knowing what havoc it's going to wreak. Oh, this one's easy. Then what's funny. your answer, Claire? Uh, keep the perished, even though I know what it requires to work properly. Yeah. I, I've got a list. It's color-coded. Yeah, I mean, keep, just, I mean, keep it. I, I don't, I mean, unless I, you know, left, walked out the door or something and left some chaos behind. But even then, you know, you're not even getting to see what you've left you know so it's i mean you gotta see you gotta keep it i think Lindsay, are you keeping but it? this precious little hufflepuff doesn't know what to do mm. you're gonna have to think gotta answer you have to answer, answer it but i don't know what it requires i don't There's have no option this. well that's on you well maybe you should just set it free I, I have a long memory that dates all the way back to infant school I hold I, grudges. I, I guess I will set it free even though I don't know what's going to happen. It's out of your hands. You're, 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 that, that, that's chaos. All the blood, Lindsay, is on your hands now. <laughs> All of it. You're going to be like Lady Macbeth, just like looking at your hands and never being able to clean it from the red spots that's covered. But it's not me. It is. You set it free. It's all your responsibility. Can't believe you did that. <laughs> Just... Wow. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I'm I, I I'm obviously keeping it because I hold grudges and I need to I need to rectify those grudges. I don't hold grudges. That's Lindsay, on you. I'm, Lindsay, <laughs> I'm dead inside. I am I am the villain. I am the worst person. So or I'm just not. Gonna... I'm just gonna murder everyone for my benefit. That's fine. Not me. Yeah, you're too precious for that. You're too precious for this world. I will not sacrifice you. Take you out. No. <laughs> I'm choosing. I'm actively choosing not to sacrifice Lindsay to the perished. Oh, you making a deal? Sure. It probably wasn't a good deal, but it's fine. <laughs> Next question. Last question, right? Last would you rather? It is. 
and to be fair, it's probably one of the, the, the most important questions we've ever asked on Would You Rather. Would you rather listen to an in-depth recap of Vampire Academy? I can recommend a podcast for that. <laughs> or watch the movie. Um, well, to, you know, uh, I, I have to preface this by saying one of my friends wrote the book, though. So, um, But I, I assume we're talking about the movie. Um, is that right? Yes. Okay. A movie that is faultless. It is a faultless movie, and I will have nothing bad said about I it. I don't know if you'll find anybody that would say that about that movie. It <laughs> was. Um. I, I I listened to the uh. How did this get made? Podcast on Vampire Academy, uh, which was pretty entertaining actually. Um, I made it about five minutes into the film. It was just. <gasps> It's one of the greatest vampires. Genuinely, I adore that movie. It is brilliant, and I, I it is a very good adaptation if you take some the artistic license in place. We covered the entirety of Vampire Academy on Fictional Hangover. Oh, okay, okay. Every single book has been had had its own episode. Okay. <laughs> we love it. Yeah, no, I love it. the books actually, but uh, that movie, I I haven't seen the new series though. I thought I know there was a new series that came <laughs> out. Was like, mm. nope. Um, no, 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 no. It it had one season, and mm. one season was too much. It was like, oh, it wasn't anything like the books, which I understand. It's two different things, and it's totally fine for two things. You know, it's based it's based mm-hmm. on or whatever. That's fine. It's fine, but it was really bad. The first like five minutes, there was full ass on the screen. Like, what is what? Why? Why do you have who needs old but <laughs> it's that it sounds like the new uh Nancy Drew, um, which I haven't watched, but but my wife started to watch it and she goes, She's like uh riding cowgirl in the first three minutes or something. <laughs> and she was Nancy like, Drew, This should be called Nancy Drew Fox because <laughs> it's all it is. Nasty Drew allowed to do that. I, oh. oh yeah, they were like, Look what happened with Riverdale. And we're going to age Nancy Drew up into college, and it's going to be dirty. <laughs> and I was like, nobody's asking for that, you know? Mm-mm. Mm-mm. And then when the, the, then when the, the hard-on boys show up, you know, it's just... Uh... <laughs> Amanda's about to fall out of her chair. Nasty Drew. Oh, it's good, yeah. Nasty, nasty Drew. Nasty Drew, mm-hmm. that's what it should have been called. Yeah. Yeah, they have like why you don't have to make everything like you know it works for Riverdale, but that doesn't mean it should be everything. I mean, you know, no, everything doesn't have to be like hypersexualized. And like, there were there were just there were so many things wrong with the TV show. I don't even like it makes me sad. I was very excited for it because Vampire Academy is one of my favorites. I'm like, oh yes, they're finally gonna do it right. Nah, nah. No, I haven't had a chance Not to see like it because it, it was on. It was streaming <laughs> like on a service that I don't have and refuse to pay for, so I haven't seen it. So I'm hoping one day I will, just so I can. I will have to see it. I will. I'm sorry. I'm gonna have to watch it eventually. What only when it's available freely to me, because I don't yeah. want to do illegal downloads. So. Yeah. I did really like the movie, even though everyone who has listened to all twelve episodes of Vampire Academy on fictional hangover knows that i think dimitri in the movie was a doughy motherfucker he is uh, a doughy motherfucker but we love doughy dimitri we do love doughy dimitri 
the movie is really good, but I mean, oh, wait, no, but we're not talking about reading the books. We're talking about listening to an in-depth recap, and I have already been there and done that and said all the words and edited all those episodes, and I don't want to listen to that again. So I'm going to watch the movie. I'm going to watch the movie after we finish recording. <laughs> I'm going to watch the movie because I've already listened to all the podcast episodes. Thank you for adding that bit in. Okay, yes. Well, that's <laughs> yes. yes, yes. <laughs> Oh, okay. Okay. So I feel like, I mean, that's that's the end of Would You Rather. And I almost feel like we've just been dissing our own show for the past 10 minutes. But we <laughs> haven't been. We haven't been because it's very good and everything that we do is great. No, and- we've been there and done that, Amanda. We don't need to. Therefore, we have freedom to be able to watch the movie. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. But if anybody say, hasn't. Not as you do, you know. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. They, those are really good episodes. I I will say Hashtag that. Hashtag always be plugging. Hashtag always be plugging. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Indeed. And I see you have a Jack Frost shirt on. Is that from a particular adaptation or something? Or oh, it's it's definitely the horror movie. The one with Michael Keaton, right? No, That's... no, not the one with. <laughs> so disturbing. That was a really bad movie, but no, the other <laughs> one. The... Okay, okay. Okay. Or Jack Frost. Two, perhaps, Revenge of the Mutant Killer Snowman. We can also choose that I haven't that seen one. the second one, but I always recommend the Michael Keaton one if someone wants to see just a terrifying movie because, <laughs> I mean, it's not a spoiler, but he, the Michael Keaton, his name is Jack Frost, and he <laughs> comes back as a snowman after he dies horrifically in the first couple of minutes of the movie. And he only befriends his son who he then asked to keep it quiet from his wife, his grieving widow, the rest of the movie. And he has like snowball fights with his son and he like goes out and plays with their friends. And he does like, it's so disturbing. And then, you know, at the end of the movie, he sees his wife for like two minutes and he's like, I wish I had more time. I love you. And she's like, I love you. And I'm like, oh my God, you were here for a week. And you didn't tell your grieving widow, and your son had to keep this a secret. This is disturbing. It's, it's, it's a sleep jerk. It is a frightening, frightening film. It's it's heart wrenching. It's almost as scary as the dead eyes in Polar Express. Oh, no, 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 like Mm -mm. no, no, not like Polar Express. (laughs) No, look, talk about a Christmas horror. Jeez. As as much (laughs) as everyone who has ever listened to Fictional Hangover knows that I hate Tom Hanks. That's that's the worst one. That's the worst one. Because he's dead eyed (laughs) and not in a good way. You would think they could just use AI to go back over and fix the eyes in that movie or something, you know, just like a remastered version. But I th- plenty of people are like, no, I see nothing wrong with it. And I'm nope. like, you're you, you, not looking at the right thing. No, you're not. I, you're you must have bad eyesight, I guess. Yeah, it I is, don't know. It is uncanny valley. It is terrifying. Yeah. And it's awful. Yeah. yeah. So those are mess. those are two great horror films for the holidays. <laughs> Jack Frost, Michael Keaton, and Polar Express. 
but what about the regular uh, not not the regular what about the other jack frost the horror one it's better it's full of terrible oh you puns. mean the cartoon you mean the cartoon no. from the 1960s no no uh, which one. is also horrible you know they're all like <laughs> he knows that he's gonna die that whole time and he's just melting and they're like he's like don't worry i'll be a back next year you're right. like how long have we been waiting for for jesus to come back now we're waiting for a snowman to come back <laughs> what is this teaching children about i i mean it's just again that's another disturbing film so i, I just re- anything with a snowman i i mean i know what when you're talking about though the the I horror just... one from from the 90s the the b movie it's not even a b movie it's like a d movie it is no the second one the second one is a d okay maybe worse the first one <laughs> Is a B minus, maybe C plus. I was just gonna ask you why you are, what what has that Jack Frost done to you, that you you won't even mention oh, him? Oh, you know, no, I lo- I loved it. I loved it when I first saw it as a, like a teenager, and I was like, this is the greatest thing ever. And I never looked at a snowman with a carrot nose the same way again. <laughs> Um, but I tried to watch it again last year and I was like, oh, this is, this is actually simply just bad. Like, like the production is just so bad that I, I couldn't get past how just low budget it was. And I was like, oh, I can't believe that this has been, you know, I've carried this, I just carried an idealized version of it around in my head. Yeah, I was like, I I must have been so high when I watched it the first time. That's my only explanation. <laughs> I was just like, this is hilarious, you guys. I don't know. No, it just the the production. It just didn't stand up. It just didn't stand mm-hmm. up. I think sometimes things need to be left to nostalgia and not yeah, ever yeah. ever yeah. watched. Yeah, I'm I'm right. pretty sure I I loved the second one also, but I'm pretty sure the budget was maybe a quarter of the first one. If oh that tells God. you how good it is. Oh my god! Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think someday, I think there's probably room in the market for, I mean, like a serious snowman horror movie someday. Yeah. But I mean, we kind of got that. There was that Joe Nesbo. Is that the 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 writer's name who did that movie called Snowman, uh, where the dead bodies were inside the snowman in oh. the community? <laughs> it's like the it Michael was, Fassbender movie. Yes, yes. It was yeah. like a Swedish yeah. I did not watch thriller. that and. And everybody was like, this is actually really funny. I mean, the the bodies are, it's a serial killer who hides bodies inside snowmen. So I'm like, this is not, this is not scary. This is not no. scary, but. No. I quite I, enjoyed it, but was it, it wasn't good, scary. Huh? It, I, no. I enjoyed it for what it was. Like, like you say, dead bodies inside snowmen. But like Michael, I'm sure Michael Fassbender's character was like this alcoholic detective, like a little bit trying to be a gritty film noir kind of detective. So it was more thriller than it was mm-hmm. horror. It was in a bit of a slow burn. And I mean, at what point does he's like go? Oh, I haven't seen it. I'm like, oh, the bodies—they're inside the snowman. You know, I mean, <laughs> I mean is this like the climax or? Is this the, early on? The problem on? is, it takes itself too seriously. I yeah, enjoy a yeah. horror movie, especially a Christmas horror movie that knows exactly what it is and it delivers. Like one of my favorite Christmas horror movies is The Krampus, because it's just ridiculous and stupid. And The Crampus is an undersung holiday hero in my in my opinion. Okay, and yeah, it knows yeah. exactly what it's delivering. 
But yeah, the snowman, like the Michael Fassbender one, I think it's 2017. It was, it was a winter movie, not a holiday movie. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I know that brings up actually brings up. Uh, there was another question on this list, non rather. Would you rather questions about Die Hard? Is it a Christmas movie? Mm-hmm. And um, you know, I mean, it's a movie you can watch any time of the year. It is. I it, there's the controversy about it being Christmas movie is is it just a movie set at Christmas or is there like a Christmas theme to it? You know, is there some type of redemption or I don't know something Christmassy about it? And I I mean I I just I'm just like hey it has Santa Claus hats in it and I'm gonna watch it at Christmas. That's all mm-hmm. I care about. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't get into the deeper. Is this really a Christmas? Because then you start parsing. You know what? What makes a Christmas movie a Christmas movie? And you might throw out some classics if you know they're not all as moving as The Grinch, right? So oh, I hate the Grinch movies. Um, <laughs> Chip Curry can't stand. Oh yeah, th- those are also those are also terrifying. I don't mind the Benedict Cumberpatch one in the background, that's fine. But I'm my hill mm-hmm. is Elf is a bad movie and I do not like it. I've seen it once. I do not need to see it again. Thank you very much. So people can fight me if you want, but you know, there you go. I just don't I, like I found a disturbing fact today about Die Hard. I put my, my friend <clears throat> on Facebook every December. He likes to post his advent calendar is posting pictures under a particular theme and this year's theme is Victorian greeting cards. So you can walk oh, crazy. My goodness. Yeah, yeah, so you can tell where it's going. And today's was a particular we particularly weird one of a human head with like um like a, almost like a stovepipe top hat. Ten like a ten gallon on the seat was huge. Um, and he's got a pumpkin, uh, no pumpkin, uh, a turnip body and arms and weirdness. So I put a comment to him and said, "Nice suit, John Phillips, London. I have two myself. Rumor has it Arafat buys his there." To which is obviously a die-hard quote. My husband mm-hmm. today turned round and went, "Where's that from?" Well, so, I mean, I mean, he's watched mm-hmm. Die Hard, but he hasn't watched it as much as me because I tend to put Die Hard on while I'm wrapping the Christmas presents. So that tells you who wraps the presents in my house. I mean, some some people <laughs> memorize stuff from movies and know long. I don't. I don't tend to do that. My wife does it. We went to see uh, Princess Bride at <gasps> like a it's outdoor Princess Bride screening, and it was like everybody's in this park and everybody's sitting out and having picnics and whatever, and. Right before every line happens, she says, <laughs> and a couple minutes in, someone turns around and goes, "You really like this movie? It sounds like." I'm like, I want to watch the Princess Bride with your wife. <laughs> I'm like, how do you remember these? It's not even like the memorable quotes, you know. It's just the the, the other stuff, you know. It's just I. I know every line in the first two Harry Potter movies. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Same. I think I've seen the Harry Potter movies once, maybe twice. I could quote Ghostbusters. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. Yep. Probably mm-hmm. all five Twilight movies. Mm-hmm. I guess I should say Ghostbusters 2 as well. Um, and Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Jurassic Park. That's a good one. I love That's Jurassic a good one, Park. for sure. <laughs> 
and to my shame, Independence Day. Because <laughs> one of my favorite movies. Another holiday, not I mean not Christmas, but it is, <laughs> yeah, it no, is a holiday, holiday movie. <laughs> Um, it, you know what? You know, in the U.S., it's a holiday movie. I don't know about in the U.K. if it is. But yeah. although it is Independence Day for the planet, they make it very clear <laughs> this is not just America. We're all in this together. Everyone is fucked by the end. We're all in this together, but America, yeah. Well, obviously, no, yeah, yeah, Claire. Yeah. <laughs> obviously. You can't do nothing without us, America, yeah. Look, we know where we are. We know what choices we've made to get us here. You know how late, you're usually late to the parties when it comes to, you know, international conflict, but no, let's not get political. It's not that time of year. <laughs> it's fine. Um, Anywho, let's... Anywho, let's have something a bit more related to the actual Yes, now. let us do that. Um, since, well, I guess we need we do need to clarify, though, what is your favorite festive horror movie? Since we've just had this whole thing, what's your favorite one? Well, I like I like Rare Exports. Um, yes, it's it's and and it's it's just I mean I don't even know how to you can't really explain it because if you do it, it first off it has a terrible title I don't I mean it does make sense in the context eventually but. It doesn't tell you at all what it's about, but again, maybe that's the best thing because if you go into it, if I said we're gonna watch this, um, what country is it from? It's uh, Norwegian. Norwegian, right? And yeah. and you know, and it's going to be the most deadly serious movie about um, people drilling for uh, Santa Claus in the in Norway and you go or in Russia. And you go, what? This is sounds. I mean, it. That's the the genius of this. When you were talking earlier about some movies that take them that don't take themselves serious, the genius of this one is it takes itself deadly seriously. Like it's yeah. like, it is so serious, and the Santa Claus in it is horrific, horrific. And and you know you really can't say much more about it without spoiling anything. But it is just it's like. Oh my gosh! You know, what if you just unearthed Santa Claus from an underground tomb, and he was not happy about it? Don't ever watch the dubbed version. There's not enough. Oh yeah, I was gonna say to yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Always watch subtitle with it. I, I mean, I always watch subtitle anyway, given an option. But there's such little dialogue. It's such a visual movie that it's pointless to watch the dubbed version. But it's so well done. Yeah, yeah, and and I'm like I don't know what it's 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 just at the top of just because it again I do like stuff that is humorous, but this was so far. It's just like it takes the joke so far. They, it started obviously. It sounds like it started as a joke, and then they're like, "But what if it wasn't a joke?" And you're like, "Oh my god, this is crazy." And it's done from the kids' point of view as well, so it makes it that tiny little bit more horrific that this creature is out there. And but, then a kid is a kid from, I mean, you know, and if this was an American film or something, it would be from an adult's point of view and there would be no kids around this because they'd be like, oh, it will confuse children. I'm like, oh my, no, they don't, they don't give a fuck. No. Norway, I don't know. I don't know who hurt them, but they don't give a fuck. Oh, it's the entirety of Europe. 
Like when it could, we, I know me and Amanda we talked about it during the discussion, didn't we? About how Europe has all these amazing, absolutely messed up, fucked up, yes. festive characters like Yule Cat, who oh, yeah. will yeah. like who who is an absolute fashion bitch, and if you are not dressed to impress, you're dead. And then there's all like the ones the the, the, the tricksters. No, they're gonna rip your belly open. You know, Europe is mm-hmm. full of the horrific characters who will ruin your day if you're a naughty boy or naughty girl or don't clean your teeth or have clean clothes or anything like that and america's like yeah let's put christmas lights on and i know i know and and that was kind of my inspiration behind secret santa was i wanted to bring some of those over and at first you know they were like do you want to do like krampus and i was like i think krampus is played out i'm not so sure anymore because there's so many people every year that that I'm like, have you heard of Krampus? And they're like, no, what is that? And I'm like, are you serious? Like, yeah. I just feel like in the horror community, we just, it's just done in the ground. But uh, I, I read about Frau Perkta and I was like, oh my yes. goodness, because she's also known as the belly slitter. And she slices <laughs> children open on Christmas Eve and fills them with straw. And is I'm she like- the one with the 72 children? Uh, there's one of them that has 72 and, and is the, the, the she's the mother she was like a, a separate character but then they decided to give her 72 children which is horrific in and of itself I, that's just, just terrible and she that might be your cat I think that's Gryla oh, I yes, think Gryla right. has the children um, yeah. but the uh, uh, Frau Perkta has the Perkton or the or the Perchton or the Perch uh, there's so many different pronunciations, but they are the ones. And so that's in Secret Santa, but that's where they come from. Is 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 this woman Frau Perkta, who's the belly slitter? And so there was like a whole separate part of my book that just cut out because there's just no space for it. But about like the history of Frau Perkta and everything, and people getting slit open and filled with straw. Uh, it's just like I'm like, what does that have to do with Christmas? I'm like, it's just, it's just so festive. I mean, I guess straw was at the manger, maybe. I don't mm-hmm. know. And you try to figure out like where some of this stuff comes from, and there's several books out there, but it's such weird folk stuff that nobody really knows, you know, for it's sure. Got nothing to do with Christmas, really. I mean, yeah. it's it's just yeah, so no. happens to be at the same time. It's like cultural appropriation, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah it's amazing <laughs> i i think you know the whole of europe is wide open for cultural appropriation especially here in america you know i was like i'm gonna i'm gonna plumb into you know my own past and sort of you know and 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 steal some characters from you know germany and stuff and i was like i'm gonna I'm I'm do appropriation my own guys you know and uh you know and i didn't get any complaints so yay yeah. It's definitely the Disneyfication thing. Like Christmas has been Disneyified, even though not necessarily is Disney, like in America. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you if you looked at if you look at like um the Snow Queen, the original, or the original Little Mermaid, or Snow White and Cinderella, if you look at the original European folk tales of them, they're fucked up. But then mm-hmm. if you look at the Americanized mm-hmm. version, which is the Disney version, it's like oh, whimsical and magical and beautiful. And don't get me wrong, I love Disney. I went, I, I, I love Disney, but I also love the actual nitty gritty, genuine stories where people are being tortured and filled with straw. And <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, I have multitudes. <laughs> um, this year, my husband and I are creating our own um, 
holiday creature. <coughs> oh, that's fun. Yeah, it started from like obviously we make holiday shirts every year. This is the, this is why I have Jack Frost, but this year um I'm taking song lyrics and like for my husband and I because we're weird, I've made them weird. Um and he chose the line giddy up jingle horse. <laughs> so that's the line that's on his shirt, but then the okay. horse I so we've created the jingle horse and he I would love to share a picture but I don't have it readily available but it's a like mecha horse. Okay. It's, it's metal, it has vampire teeth and like a That's why it jingles, right? Yeah, okay. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And he wears a hat and has a white flowing mane and like a twisty mustache with a goatee. He's very handsome and I'm really excited to make that shirt. And if anybody is interested in one, I would be persuaded to Sounds mail amazing. Yeah. a jingle horse uh, shirt to someone. I, yeah, we we kind of make up our own here too. Just listen. You listen to some of these songs, and you go like, like, like. I have a mug that says "Jingle, Jangle, Jingle." Here comes Mr. Bingle, and I'm like, <laughs> "Who's Mr. Bingle? Who is, who is Mr. Bingle? I mean, it's I, he's the king of jingling, of course. Um, that's another one where I just, uh, yeah, that what that from that song and I'm like he's the king of jingling Mr. Bingle <laughs> and uh, another one we listen to it's uh, it's from a Dolly Parton album and Kenny Rogers I don't know if you've listened to the I mean uh, you're kind of in Dolly Parton uh, country down there mm. um, uh, and in yep. the UK because everywhere is Dolly Parton country now yeah what um, talking about oh, yeah. they have a song called uh, I'll Be Home With Bells On um and I'll be home with bells on, like you're wearing bells. But if the way she sings it, it sounds like she says, "It sounds like she says I'll be home with bells on," which sounds like an alien. <laughs> and on. so, if you listen to the whole song, it's about her bringing home like this terrifying alien for the holidays, and how is her family going to react with, you know, to bells on? And uh, so, <laughs> I love it. I think, <laughs> So I think there's you just listen to yeah, any Christmas song. Oh yeah, and you can and you can somehow find a way to sort of twist it, um, which that's a really yeah I like that idea though of of every year coming up with your own sort of uh, uh, creature or something. Yeah, there's a there was a Christmas number one back in the nineties by this boy band called East Seventeen, Ugh. and it was on the radio today as we were driving to go and take my son to see Santa. And it's the first time I've ever actually listened to the lyrics properly. And it's so freaking toxic. It's like, oh, I, no. I, I stroked your face while you were asleep. No. Yeah. And don't go. And basically, it's like, I don't know if it's been, I've been watching too much true crime lately. But girl, get out. Red flags everywhere. If you don't escape, you're going to be <laughs> murdered. It was awful. These are horrible songs if you really listen to the lyrics. Baby, it's cold outside. Is like that too. Like, nah, I'm not gonna let you go. Let me stay. Just let me stay with you. Like, no, no means no. Yes. Stop it. Yeah, I mean, That's exactly but it. if you listen, if you listen to most of those '90s uh, boy band lyrics, though, they were all written by like what that Swedish guy Max Martin, and he had no idea how to speak English, and so that's why you have this just weird songs like "Hit Me, Baby, One More Time." You're like, what is that about? And she's just like, I don't know. It means you're being hit, you know, with the hit with the music. And I'm like, what? No, that was my Swedish accent. And you know, but it just it. Yeah, all those lyrics for all those boy bands were all written by like one guy practically, and he no idea what he was saying. Yeah. So 
It, yeah, I also they're... want to know why all boy band posters. And I remember this from my. I never. I was never really into boy bands back in the nineties. I was a Lannis Morissette oh. girl. But uh, <laughs> oh well, I'm sorry, Lindsay. Um, you might be able to help me answer this. But why were all boy band posters? And I remember this from my friends' bedrooms. All their posters, all the boy bands had their feet out. It was naked feet everywhere. And one of the girls, I knew one of the, one of my friends. Um, she hated feet. Like feet made her want to vomit. She couldn't even look at her own feet. So all of the posters had the feet cut off. It was very weird going into our room and seeing all the posters with the feet cut off. Wow, why? that's why. I don't know. I just remember I had a poster of the Red Hot Chili Peppers, and it was in the '90s, and it was on my wall for a while. It was all four of them sitting on a bench, and it was on my wall for a while, maybe like a year before I realized that. Flea's testicles were out. <laughs> it was just the four of them just seated, like, and I was like, "Oh, it's just this nice little picture." It, it is a poster. It came out of like a like a Rip magazine or whatever the magazine, circus magazine or something. I was like, "Oh, this is nice," and I'm like, "Okay, did nobody see this? How did this get into a magazine?" <laughs> Proof edit mm. people. <laughs> Those are flea balls. <laughs> That's delightful. Merry Christmas. <laughs> I was like, oh. This is the gift that keeps on giving. Jeez, oh. There's there's Mr. Bingle. <laughs> <laughs> it was Mr. Bingle. Flea balls. Yes. <laughs> so I think that brings us to a, a really great, like that's a very great segue to a question that tries to get us back on topic or where, nah, where, that's, where not fiction no, that's not a thing no. um <laughs> what what does the perfect christmas look like for you as she asked oh my god that was tenuous in yeah. this very not what fake... i not what i described no it's the opposite of that whatever the opposite <laughs> the opposite of that is <laughs> should i ask them a... what what was the worst present you've been given was it flea balls <laughs> <laughs> was that better? That was That's more on brand. No. No. no, I do. I do know the worst present I was ever given uh, was for my birthday, and it was it was a keychain of Krusty the Clown. And um, you go, how old were you? And I go, twenty five. <laughs> Who gave this to you? Uh, the girl you've been dating for about three months. <laughs> Why did she give you a keychain of Krusty the Clown? Are you a big Simpsons fan? I mean, everybody's a little bit of a Simpsons fan, right? Do I have a favorite character in The Simpsons? Krusty would probably be about number 30 or number 31, okay? <laughs> Do I need a keychain? I have a fair number of keys, but I'm all good on the keychains. And I'm like, why have you given me a keychain of Krusty the Clown? And she's like, I just saw it, and I thought, you know, you probably like The Simpsons. And I'm like, you are bad at this. You are bad. I need to break up before Christmas so that you do mm. not. Which was a month later. I said I need to break up before Christmas so you don't you don't give me any shit for Christmas. <laughs> was it gonna be a rubber chicken, a can of soup and potato? A can potato. of soup and a potato. Oh, like I don't you like to eat? I know you like to eat, right? I thought you know. I was like, really? I go, how much did this cost? It's the price tags on there: two dollars and thirty five cents. Hmm. I think that's officially I, a gas station present, isn't it? Is that what they're called? Yeah, that would, <laughs> that would definitely be a gas station present, yeah. I don't care if you don't have any money or anything. Whatever the deal is, just that was just, it was just the, 
worst. <laughs> I don't. You cannot tell me you did not throw that away. Yeah, that was not a re-gift. You threw that away. Oh, I straight up threw that away. That was that did that never. There was never a key attached to that or anything. Mm-hmm. It was straight up. It was. It was just. It was over. And I mean, I she didn't do. She did, here's the thing, though. She didn't do Christmas, though. She was a witch, and so she did like some solstice stuff. And I was like, "What do you mean you don't exchange solstice gifts?" And I was like, "This is just not working out on several levels." And she goes, "Aren't you an atheist?" And I go, "Yeah, but I still exchange Christmas gifts, and I still know, you know, what my significant other watches on TV. I guess I don't. I have no idea. No idea. Okay, next." <laughs> There's a lot to unpack here. I feel like we need yeah. to like schedule in another hour next week. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. yes. Um, well, I I just I've been holding on to my best slash worst gift that I've ever gotten at a mm-hmm. Secret Santa um, exchange, and I did talk about this very briefly when at, at the library event that we did. But I have him now here with me. Oh my God! <laughs> what is that? This is a doll that was like returned in the book drop or something at the library and and it came to me. It was in our office or like my team's exchange and you were supposed to spend, you know, no more than $20. And this gift was just like in a in a weird box holding a $20 bill and I was like, "Okay, well that's mine." But look at him. Look at his look at his little tuft of hair there that might be mr bengal i don't know <laughs> i've never be. seen mr bengal it could be maybe this is mr bengal but um but i is love that him. a smoking jacket what is that i don't know it's got he's he's got like a nice little skirt and a crooked bow tie mm. i don't know i don't know you can't tell me that's not cursed but i love him look at him <laughs> look at his hair tuft i i love him i don't know i do, I do... go ahead there's something to do with the eyebrows, I think, as well. Well, and the fact that he's wearing beautiful lipstick. And, you know, if you look carefully, if you stare longingly into his face, he's got one really big nostril and one regular size nostril. Can we have yeah. a photo shoot with him and we can post it on our on Fictional Hangover social media, please? Sure. It- yeah. I would love that's to disturbing. do that. That's disturbing. That's disturbing. <laughs> but I, I do like to go on, on you know, eBay or whatever and just look for the worst the worst dolls like that. And if they're cheap enough, I'll buy it. And I'll, I will also hide that in someone's house. I mean, uh, you know. Yeah. Uh, there's one that fl- that sort of floats around the, uh, the Quirk Books building, which was my old publisher in Philadelphia. I sent it to them one year and, and just said someone to hide it like in the break room. And it it was just they're just like what the heck is this? And I'm like I sent you a cursed doll. <laughs> Apparently, uh, so- you're not allowed. eBay's on, eBay isn't allowed to sell haunted dolls anymore. Heard? Which you know that's, oh, really? that's bullshit. Or at least they're, that- they're probably not allowed to list them as haunted or something like that. I feel I can tell by looking in the eyes that I feel that. Well, it's when it's when they say something slightly soiled. You know ah, that's used. Oh, okay. I get, yeah, just like they can't sell the the underwear and stuff anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Ugh. Don't. Where else are you supposed to get haunted dolls apart from eBay? I thought that was like probably the the reason why eBay seller. exists. Yeah. Yeah. I just I question buying someone else's underwear 
on the internet. I mean, there's a culture for that, but you know, that's, that's not for me to comment on. And we do not king shame at fictional true, handover. No, we don't. Lindsay, what was your best or worst present? My best would be my dog. She's a Christmas gift. Aww. Oh. And the other tie would be uh, Santa brought me a Game Boy Advance when I was a kid. That's and amazing. I still have it in my original Game Boy games. Oh. Oh, wow. I love it. I still have my original Nintendo, and it still works because Nintendo products are made to last. Yep. Well, you know, see, that was when I stopped believing in Santa Claus. I mean, if we get into spoiler territory, but, you know, was when Santa Claus started to make very detailed copies of games and stuff. And I was like, <laughs> wait a minute. I get that Santa Claus can make a wooden doll or something. I get that Santa Claus can maybe, with the right mold, do a G.I. Joe. But can Santa Claus make a copy of a Nintendo Entertainment System? No, because I will, answer, I will answer this question as an actual parent of a nine-year-old. Um, Santa has a list and Mammy and Daddy will have to buy from that list because Santa can only make certain toys. So if he oh, wants okay, okay. certain... This year he wants like a plushie and books. That's all he's asked for. And, you know, Mammy and Daddy will have to go and find these books mm. and send them to Santa who will then put the magic on and deliver them Christmas morning. Okay. Okay. So Sa San Santa is we're, we're Santa's helpers. I feel and like he doesn't yeah, do TVs and stuff like that. I will refuse. I would point blank refuse to let Santa do any high value items because it's. I I feel like it's not fair that when you go back to school, when there's a, a very there's a very distinct uh, economic disparity in the children who go to my son's school. Mm. Um, for him to go around, and go, oh, I got a TV for Christmas off Santa. No, he got t he's getting a TV off Mummy and Daddy for Christmas. Okay, I know someone Santa's who does that, that same thing though. Their reasoning though was not the disparity; it was I'm not letting that lazy, cheap bastard Santa Claus. Oh yeah, that as well. Take credit for what I'm giving you. I give <laughs> oh. you the expensive stuff. Santa gives you all the cheap crap. Okay. Santa gives three presents in the stocking stuff, and that's it. That is all Santa is allowed to do. I have very wow. You've really, about. you've really, you've really kneecapped Santa on his giving here. <laughs> like, uh... Oh, I have to. I've even, I've even got my. <laughs> we went to see Santa today, <laughs> and he he had an elf on the shelf, and my son, and Amanda knows about this. Um, my son hates elf on a shelf. Because okay. in school, he's very scheduled and he likes to be a good boy and have like a traffic light system at the school. And if you get a red light, it's a trip to the headmistress and you do not want that. It's a phone call home and, you know, see there's consequences. And this naughty elf on the shelf kept making all the bad things happen and giving and all the kids were getting red cards. And he was terrified, absolutely shit scared. And he knew if he told us as the elf on the shelf, he wasn't going to get wrong. I had to tell the teacher, can you please stop doing it? Because you, you're really giving him nightmares. He wasn't sleeping because of this. So he wow. hates elf on the wow. shelf. Absolutely hated. So in our house, elf on the shelf is banned. And we've now got the whole storyline where the elves will try and infiltrate our house but all of his plushies because he loves plushies will st stop the elf from invading and getting into our house because he knows 
if elves come in, if an elf gets in, he is not to accept food from it, because otherwise, you know, it captures his soul. And he's not in uh, elves like babies, and they like to steal babies. And he actually said to Santa today, "I don't want an elf coming into my house house because I won't eat any of its food, and I know it likes to steal babies, and I don't want it to be stolen. And please don't let it steal my little baby cousin either." Because I've pretty much got him, I've nearly got him fully convinced that his little baby cousin might be a changeling. Oh, so. there's a there's okay, there's a lot to unpack there. Um, <laughs> I, no, My I, understanding I, I, is, as a parent, you're allowed to do this, but I'm maybe getting a phone call from social services. <laughs> I I love I love those little family those little family stories, and they're often around Christmas time. These every family has their own little folk story though about santa <laughs> and how they skirt around the issue and do this or that you know and so no it's that's so, that's so fascinating um the changeling thing though is a whole separate issue well you can't trust the fear never trust the fear no you can't trust them at all where do oh, we go well. from here i i, I don't know <laughs> run away screaming well, that's where we go drawing Oh yeah, that's the little, the little uh, perched there. He's very um, handsome. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, you know, I, I, I didn't really know. I guess I didn't know what, what they, they can look like anything really. Uh, I've seen a lot of different little dolls like that online. Um, all completely terrifying though. But why you would, why you would give this to a kid? Uh, some people give them to kids and say this is for you know this brings you good luck. Some say it brings you bad luck. You know, um, but again, it's all it probably is all down to the individual family. You know, the original elf on the shelf though, it's it, that concept has been around for you know probably centuries, but just with terrifying little dolls and stuff. And the one we have now, it's it's so commercial that I I mean, but it does fit our you know commercialized era though. Uh, you know, it all has to feed back into some central database. I assume it's there's some tracking on you know the eyeballs. I don't know. Um, if you have one in your house though, tie it up, put some tape around its mouth. To, you know, no, let it steal no the baby. The will infiltrate my house. Yeah, we don't we don't have an actual elf on the shelf now, but we have like little ones that are like from dollar general that my mom's friend is like put our her grandkids names on but they're not the actual elf on the shelf they're just little little corpses from <laughs> dollar store that's elf corpses that's a good idea right? elf yeah. corpses <laughs> there you go it's great oh i like those ones where someone has the Krampus and they have it like torturing the little elf on the shelf and it's like you know like putting it into the yeah. oven or something tying it up <laughs> my temptation is to go and buy a cheap a, a, a load of cheap elf on the shelves and just kind of like leave them scattered in a bloody mess on the driveway <laughs> okay I, I gotta say I the when you're doing stuff outside like that you gotta really you gotta really know who your neighbors are because um, you know, I was used to do stuff like that around Halloween uh, and get really elaborate. Like I would dress, I would, I would uh, dress up. Uh, I would get like a little child's costume and then put like 
you know, jeans inside of it, fill it all up with newspaper and everything, and then lay it da face down in the middle of our yard with some scattered candy around it. So it looked like a child had been murdered in the yard and, and leave that out on Christmas or, or sorry, on Halloween, you know, and, and parents would bring their children up. And here's what looks like a, a child who's face planted in the middle of our yard, just with all of this, this uh, candy all over the place. They'd be like, that's not is that mm. yeah but i found out that that actually really cut down on the number of you know children that came to our door you know which is where like, which is where you grab them if they don't come to your door you can't legally take them so no. if they knock on the door then they're asking for it right they're asking they're asking mm. to be invited you know yeah. so i was just like that you that that was too terrifying and i mean i was like it's halloween though it's supposed it's to be halloween. scary Oh, this, see again, it's the Disneyfication, the American, Americanization. You see, I'm in Britain, so, you know, in terms of neighbors looking at what we're doing, you ignore it. Oh, okay. You don't look. You politely ignore it. The amount of times I've been either in the back, like in, in my backyard, the slits between the fences, they're never like perfectly flush. Um, It's got to let the wind through. Um next door who are lovely my neighbors are genuinely lovely and they've seen me doing some particular peculiar things and it's usually taking pictures for fictional hangover or scully door having a boudoir photo session oh because yeah. why the hell not um or in the front garden taking pictures of for the again from fictional hangover doing some weird stuff um, because it's appropriate backdrop for it and um, Bat you guys so ignore my Bordar photography, and I will ignore the screams from your shed. It's every to each their own. To each I their think own. it's just being polite. Yeah, you know, it's fine. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> you do have some dolls, though, Amanda and Claire, of yourselves. Yes, we do. Oh, really? Okay. That's... Yeah, they're adorable. That's yeah. that's appropriate. Yeah. Really terrifying. Mm -hmm. It is. My mom made them. <laughs> They're precious. Really? Yes. Yeah. They're precious. She, she enjoys a challenge. And they have I'm... bangs on them, right? Yes. yes. Um, I might need her to make me a giddy up jingle horse. There you go. <laughs> Mom, you're listening. You've got the description. <laughs> 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 she listens, so she'll be like, oh, no, and Aww. trying to be desperately rewinding. <laughs> a mechanized horse with, um, that's, uh -huh. again, that's one of those things that gets to Santa, and Santa has to farm that out. Yeah. Like, I oh, can't build that. I forgot he's also wearing um, a ruby amulet that's also involved, so I'm going to need that, and it's going to be need to be a real ruby. <laughs> <laughs> Dear Santa, I need. I've been a very good girl this year. Please send me <laughs> Please. a crocheted version of <laughs> a mechanized evil robot horse with vampire like fangs. Is he a hip hop horse? Hip hop horse? No, he's not a hip hop horse. Do we have any other questions that we should ask, um, Andrew? Um, inspirations. Mm, horror inspirations. Oh, inspirations. Yeah. Um. No, I don't. You know, the book was really just inspired, you know, like by my love of just the holiday and just that all the weird European uh, monsters that are out there and stuff. And in terms of, you know, in terms of writing inspiration, though, I don't I mean, 
it's really hard to to say i mean if i if i say a bunch of names i'll you know i'll probably leave leave someone out um i think you know stephen king was probably the main one growing up uh and clive barker uh was another one um i i wasn't reading ann rice at the time i um but i've i've since been turned on to her stuff and i really love that new interview with the vampire television series which is just it's just amazing and um so you know i mean i mean i've just always loved all, all types of horror and and i never really had a chance to write it um because i think that most of my stuff is humorous and it's really hard to get the balance right between humor and horror and if you get it wrong it it can just kind of elicit groans and and so there really is sort of a tonal thing where where it it took a long time to sort of perfect for this book which i felt and i think it still kind of came down on the side of it being um almost too funny at times like i wanted to kind of like go a little bit harder at times and then you know my editor was like maybe you need to pull back because it's christmas and i go what is your Christmas like? <laughs> you know, we we can go as hard as we want here. We can go as dark as we want. And she's like, well, you know, maybe not. And I was like, okay, okay. So, um, yeah, so it took a long time to get that sort of tone right. But again, you, it, you know, there's, it's, it's a pretty maligned genre horror comedy, so to speak, because, you know, everybody has their own opinion on what's too funny or what's too horrific. And so, um, you know, so I wasn't really using anything. I was just wanted it to sort of fit in with, you know, maybe uh, sort of an 80s horror. And so some at times I was like, oh, maybe I'm writing this too good at parts. I'm like, I need to make this a little more trashy. And so like the whole opening that's set in uh, like World War II is just some of the trashiest, shittiest writing I've done. But I was like, it really needs to fit with the tone of the it really needs to fit in because later on in the book. You know, there's a joke about how that would be the most cliched, shitty opening to a book <laughs> is to set it in World War II, like all of these books in the 80s were done. So, you know, so I was like going for a deep thing. But then at the same time, I was like, someone could just set this down at this point and go, this is pretty bad. And I'm like, no, that's that's kind of the point there. So, um, yeah. So I don't know. So I was I was just influenced by a lot of stuff. But I mean, in terms of any one particular writer, it's probably just Stephen King. Yeah. What were some of the horrible things that you wanted to happen that you had to cut out or change to make them less horrible? Um, well, so there, there's actually, there was actually a lot of stuff about this uh, park that's across from where the building is. It was like a real park in uh, the 1980s in New York City that was sort of an epicenter for like the AIDS epidemic and a lot of protesting that was going on at the time for just various different protests and especially against like the Reagan administration. And so there was some stuff in there that sort of tied in more directly to that and where Fabian, who was a, a queer character, um, spoke to that a little bit more. And that all got cut out because it was just sort of, it was when you have horror and you get into like real horror, you know, mm -hmm. it can be like, it can be like too much. You go, oh, this is, this got kind of real and horror works on the metaphorical level, I think. And once you introduce something that's sort of real into it, you go, oh, you know, th that little doll is really not a big deal. 
you know <laughs> and so you go this real thing but you use the you use the horror as sort of a metaphor in the end for something larger and i was like oh yeah it's kind of distracting for that you know um but you know i was talking to a a, a screenwriter who was looking to adapt it and and he was just like, oh, I, you know, Fabian's my favorite. He goes, he goes, I'm gay. Fabian was my favorite character. I would totally bring all of that out in the, you know, in a film adaptation. And I was like, oh, that'd be great. You know, if you can find a way to do it, you know, that's tasteful and whatnot. And, but it's, you know, it was, it was just a really hard to sort of dance around some of those issues. And um, it was set in the eighties. And so there is some stuff where, um, I know there was one scene where there was where there was like some really serious sexual harassment that was kind of like everybody thought was okay in the book. You know, they're all like, oh, that's just how things are. And uh, we cut that out because it was a little bit too distracting. Again, for the modern reader, you would kind of get hung up on this stuff and go like, why is no one commenting on this? And you go, well, it was the 80s. Yeah. <laughs> and so you can kind of you can kind of do that with some stuff where you go, it's like, you have to kind of wave your hand and be like, it's the eighties, you guys. And I felt like I was just doing that too much. You know, you beat people over the head with that. Um, but again, I think that's some of that stuff though, is what makes horror work. Some of the darker horror is that it doesn't shy away from the stuff. Mm -hmm. And when you start shying away from stuff, you kind of get into goosebumps territory where you go, oh, this is kind of just goofy without any, you know, consequences, you know, so. I feel like a lot of what could be included about Fabian is if in, it wasn't an adaptation would be less um, like you have to describe it in the book mm -hmm. so it can affect the pacing mm -hmm. whereas in a visual medium it could be protests on the television oh, yeah, in the background yeah. or you know it's it's not necessarily something that needs to be actively commented on but you can visually see it mm -hmm. so the, the, it's there and you you don't miss it so it doesn't affect the piercing so and i can definitely see i could see secret santa very easily being a very good like festive horror movie yeah yeah i i do and i talked to a couple of uh you know screenwriters and uh and you know it hasn't really gone past that at all um covid really got in the way of that whole thing and then the writer's strike and everything so but you know i talked to a few and, the, and one that one was sort of my favorite where they they were sort of focused on fabian and another person was like you know i kind of cut this fabian character out they're kind of extraneous and i was like what i was no. like you shut up right now sometimes you've got to slap a bitch and that yep. means they need to be slapped <laughs> yep. i mean so Fabian's you know so good. The, the 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 strongest corollary the strongest inspiration for this book i think was um uh a working girl movie um so uh you know that was sort of the inspiration behind the character and, and just some editors that i'd personally known so yeah you find inspiration in sort of weird places sometimes but i was like oh if if it could mirror that movie just with horror in it that would be that'd be pretty fun yeah i would really enjoy that and and someone else said oh you know i'd probably move this up to modern day or i'd move it to the oh, 90s or something and i was yeah. like you've just the whole point of it is oh it doesn't work anymore i was like you know so, some of that stuff doesn't work because you know in the 80s you could have a, a prologue set in world war ii and today you know you wouldn't have a, a character still alive from that era no. um, right and if you moved it up you wouldn't be able to do the epilogue 
yeah exactly just, exactly um the they yeah the original idea was to do a, a like a trilogy where where each book would be a different holiday or something but the second book would be like set in the 90s so a mm. different era of publishing and then the third one would be set in sort of the the 2000s or whatever you know there's like this ebook revolution coming to kill them all so it would be it would just be all about this one publishing company through the years and then that kind of got got cut down to just the the epilogue at this point i think modernizing certain stories doesn't work because you introduce the mobile phone and as soon as you introduce a mobile phone yes a lot of the intrinsic horror and and threat is gone and then you have to oh we don't have reception oh my my battery drained or (gasps) you have to drop it or like because you would always have a flashlight you would always have a phone you would always have a way the to internet search. for research yeah you yeah, always have yeah. a way to search for what the hell is I mean, going on at least if it was like the old nokia days where you used to play snake on those chunky little boys that for all the fact you know their battery life was absolute perfection but they didn't have internet yeah. they were only yeah. good for phone calls snake and text messages and your text messages were limited to certain characters so i can see the humor where you're like having to press three multiple times to get the e you know and i can see the comedy value in having those and where reception isn't great because it's a new tech i can see that but as soon as you start getting to the era of the smartphone and having you know 3g 4g 5g now it you it loses some of the the, the threats gone yeah although i did i did read a uh, uh this was a horrible story um but it was uh, someone was uh, was they were they were getting kidnapped and um, they wanted to they were trying to text in their pocket to like a friend or something like that said like send help or something and uh, because they're like I'm getting kidnapped here please send help and um, the text came through on the other end to like their mother or something and it said like and it said like please dance now. <laughs> oh, <laughs> it no. was, I was like, Oh no. Oh no. Cause it had auto completed to something. And, um, and then they were murdered. Um, and so, uh, Merry Christmas, but that was, yeah. They, so, you know, phones aren't always, uh, the, uh, the solution that you think they are. Yeah. If you mm. had to tap each button each time, then you would know what you were saying. Whereas, you know, like now. Yeah, now the autocomplete, you, you just yeah. have no idea. Just or like, like you're mm. doing swipe and it will just make up some crazy bullshit. No Can't. boa. No, new boa. New boa. Yes. Yes. We have the all of these times. weird oh. things that we say to each other now because of autocorrect. Please dance now. Please dance now. Murdered. So sad. That is terrible. What a great. I've been, just, I've been watching too much. <laughs> Two true crime so i'm like yeah. ah what <laughs> okay. can i do i just don't leave the house it's just safe and not leave, keep all your your doors and windows locked at all times don't answer the door phone's always charged never leave uh yeah put up um duct tape around the windows so that there's no flow of air into your house and mm-hmm. that you slowly Fresh suffocate people mm-hmm. yeah Never go camping, ever. <laughs> Amanda, you're in the middle of the woods. You're screwed. Sorry. I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's fine. But I. But then I'm in a built-up urban area, so I'm screwed because, yeah. you know, they'll just, you know, be visiting your neighbor. 
Yeah. Well, you know, the good news, I mean, in an urban area, there's people around, so you'll, you won't go hungry in an apocalypse scenario. Well, that's true. I have a built-in cannibalism into my apocalypse plan. You got to do Probably it. Should. You got to do it. I We've talked about this several times before. Like, I just, I won't even make it in the apocalypse. Like, we already know this. So I have ultimate plans to sacrifice myself for the greater good. Oh, you know, that's nice. Yeah, you know, I'll hold the door closed from the zombies coming in or something to give you a chance to get away because, like, I have diabetes, and if I don't have insulin... What's bed, wrong with being a zombie, bed. though? I mean, every movie, it's like, oh, this is going to be terrible. You're going to get eaten by the zombie, and then you're going to turn into a zombie, and you're going to eat people. And I'm like, you mean I'm going to be able to eat, and I won't ever gain weight? Wow, this sucks. This sucks so bad. And it will never feel any guilt over it either because you have zero emotions. Yeah. I know. I mean, what did you say, Lindsay? Because you won't be yourself anymore. Um, that's a, just be all, a better version of you. That all sounds like survive. a fair trade off, though. I mean, you make trade offs, you know? Sure. You make trade offs. Like, you know, like Shaun of the Dead zombies. You know, they. They still function in society. They yeah, have... they did those. They worked at Walmart or whatever. And yeah, they play video and, games. And they and play stuff video games. And... Like, in warm bodies to start to get re- regain the humanity. That's true. That's true. But you then... have to have like this amnesty, like this full on forgiveness. Everybody is pardoned for eating their friends and families yeah. and strangers. You know, cannibalism was okay during this during the pandemic. <laughs> oh, it was. Yeah, it's over. Oh, now. yeah, don't you, worry. You, you're okay. fine. Yeah. Okay. You're fine. Oh, thank you, God. You, okay. You missed that one. Yeah. <laughs> it was like the purge, but, you know, it was kept quiet. Yeah, it was like, what's this lockdown? <laughs> if you're already antisocial, it's like lockdown was just another another dandy why. Yeah. Were, was it was it with these dinner parties that were they were having in, in the UK, all of the politicians? Yeah. They were like, oh, oh yeah, no, everybody stay home. Hmm. Everybody stay home while we party and embezzle. All of you tasty, tasty people out there, just... Mm. I mean, have you seen Boris Johnson? Can't tell yeah. me, hasn't yeah. like, you know... I'm yeah, pretty sure he's eaten at least someone. one person. Vile. I think that Anywho. that might bring we'll, us we'll to the end. To that, might, that brings us back to Christmas. Yeah, and now here we are. <laughs> <laughs> at the end of this episode um to wrap things up we always like to ask if there's anything else that you want to tell us about that you're you know that's exciting in your life and it doesn't have to be book related it can be anything so share great things mm. or terrible mm. things also fine mm. More on. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm well. This is actually book related, but I just have this uh, advanced copy of this book that I'm working on here called. <gasps> it's a. It's a. It's a picture book called The Secret Pet, and it's about a child who has a secret pet throughout it, and um, he he plays here. I think I might have shared this in the library one too, but uh, he's got a little balloon, and he's like, and it says Etienne has a secret pet that no one else can see. And so he has a secret pet he does stuff with throughout here. 
and he he reads to it he takes it to see the sights here in 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 france he's a little french boy and then um you know at the end of it um the pet comes out of him and it's a it's a little tapeworm right there <laughs> oh that's hilarious that's and weird. so uh then he then he has a little adventures with his worm that's amazing nice. Nice. And this is uh, this is, this is going to be a, a children's book um, that uh, somehow uh, I have had to self-publish because <laughs> I guess uh, you know publishers are not into that. But um, I think it's a it's a touching touching story, and so I'm working on that right now. Did I'll you tell you what book you've got that I need to read. Mothman's Merry Cryptid Christmas. I, I was about to say, that one's fantastic. adore cryptids. I'm all over oh, cryptids. Yeah. And when I saw the post on that, I was like, I'm on, I'm on. Just like, calm down, Claire, it's okay. I, I read it, it's fantastic. It is fantastic. Oh, thank fantastic. you, thank you. Yeah, I've, I, I had to do like a reading for some children last week at a local store, and I was like, I don't, what am I supposed to do? How do I keep them entertained? Well, I, they're just like all over the place, you know, and I'm like, I can't, I can't control them. They're just, they're, whatever so i just yeah they say it's like herding cats or something and i'm like i cats are fine i've got cats i know how to handle them I've got a cat right here right now and i'm like i know i handle them but the kids i was like it, you know so i read and then like okay we we made it we made little mothman ornaments actually the rest of the time so That's i was so like cute. i'm gonna get i'm gonna give you activities to do how about that <laughs> and so they put they have these little ornaments and then they put little eyeballs on them and 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 i had little you know little legs you taped on and everything so what is that right there is there is that a it's a bigfoot oh a bigfoot okay. Big, bigfoot doesn't Big... have horns like that though Yes, but Derpfoot does from the Cryptid Club. Okay. Derpfoot? It's, he's a bit derpy, doesn't he? He is, he's, he is a Bigfoot, but his name is Derpfoot because he's, he's a bit derpy. He's I adorable. Just, I adore cryptids. I love them so much. I hate moths, but I love Mothman. It's the only acceptable moth. Well, I mean, he's really, I mean, if you want to be real about it, he's an owl. <laughs> <laughs> that people mistook for a monster. But, um, but yeah, owls are cool too, so... Owls are really cool. I don't like a lot of birds, but I do like owls. Uh, I found out they're the only ones that can like pick up dogs and stuff. Like, like even like you know, like hawks and everything. They their their hands are not their hands. Their legs are not strong enough to like grasp and pick something up off the ground. Mm -hmm. You know, they're for ripping and tearing. And so, uh, you know, maybe they'll pick up a small rodent or something. But for the most part, it's just ripping and tearing and stuff. But owls, they're like they will straight up pick up a dog. They don't yeah. care. Yeah, they that they've got huge. Yeah, yeah. Crazy. And so yeah, I was at like a raptor center here, and 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 this person was like, the person that worked there was like, I'm just tired about these raptors having such a bad reputation. You know, it's the hawks and and everything. It's it's the owls. They're the ones that are doing all the bad <laughs> stuff to your your cats and your dogs in your neighborhood, probably. And the owls are just sitting there going, who? <laughs> I did have to explain to my mother whose dog got out of her backyard and then was found a little bit farther away, like that the dog just walked that far away and was not picked oh. up by a hawk or an eagle because like they literally can't lift that much weight. I had yeah, to explain to her, yeah. like, 
don't know. The dog just walked from your house down to the water. He didn't, he wasn't swooped up by a bird of prey because they can't lift him. He's too heavy. <laughs> and she was like, oh, okay, well, thanks for explaining that. She didn't just, believe me. But. It's like one of those little machines where in the, you know, those little machines where it has the little claw that reaches down into all the yeah. of the stuffed animals <laughs> and then tries to pick it up. And it just, every time it just, yeah. nothing nothing i'm like that's 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 a hawk's that's a hawk yeah a hawk is the claw game is is it is it eagles that don't sound like an eagle should yes that's a that's a red they sound derpy they do sound derpy they do it's a (laughs) weird chirrupy sound it is not although i mean if you've seen an eagle like an eagle up close at like a raptor center or something they're very tall when they they're just standing and they look like a little child like they've got like a big face and they've got these wings and they kind of like and i'm like oh my gosh that is a that they're very weird and human like it's a changeling um, it, it's probably probably because yeah you're right like <laughs> and you know kids are frail kids are weak they can't pick things up with their feet that is true that is true so kids are probably <laughs> raptors. Kids are probably raptors. I'm pretty sure oh we just God. we just like <clears throat> scientific methoded that one. And on that bombshell, I don't think we're going to That's the end for the love of fuck. We have to stop. <laughs> and it, on that bombshell, <laughs> it could go. It could just go forever. I feel like Andrew. I feel like you are. You know fictional hangover, even though this is your first time being on, but you know how yeah, we think, yeah. you know how we feel. I mean you're you are, pe- you are all people. Yes, you are. I think you're part mm-hmm. of our family. It does seem lovely uh lovely and twisted. So thank thank you, uh Amanda and Claire and wait, which who's the who's the oddball out here? Lindsay. 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 Okay. Yes. You're also the guest, special guest, Lindsay. Okay. Yes. Thanks. Yes. She's not an oddball though. She's very, very well, precious. I, I mean that in the best way. She's a precious Hufflepuff. She is. And she told us to read this book, so it's her fault, essentially, that oh, you're here. great. Well, thank you. Hey. Yay. Okay. Well, um, we're going to let you go now because otherwise we would keep you forever and we would never stop talking. Welcome okay, to the fictional Hangover family. Yes. And <laughs> you'll have to come back a right, million more times. Oh, thank definitely. You so definitely. Much. Definitely. All right. Take care. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Bye. So that's it for this bonus episode of Fictional Hangover. I'm Amanda. And I'm Claire. Join us next time for our live episode on Saturday, December 23rd at 1 p.m. Central Time, 7 p.m. GMT, as we discuss the short story Christmas Lights by and with Cat Ellis. So you know it's going to be deliciously creepy. Look out for our Would You Rather polls on social media. Don't forget about our book club and monthly challenges on Facebook. Be sure to visit our shop on Redbubble at fictionalhangover.redbubble.com for all your favorite fictional hangover-themed merchandise. And become a patron of ours on Patreon at patreon.com slash fictionalhangover. Until next time, remember, the only cure for a fictional hangover is another book.
You can find us at fictionalhangover.com. Follow us on Instagram, threads, TikTok and YouTube at Fictional Hangover. And find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash fictional hangover. If you like this episode, check out our others and be sure to rate, review and subscribe so you don't miss out. And finally, special thanks to Liz Emerson for our music. You can find her on Facebook and Patreon. Thanks for listening.